0: Hi, and welcome to Steve Wraith's True Crime Podcast. You can also follow my podcasts on YouTube. Just search Steve Wraith and click subscribe. Hi, and welcome to Steve Wraith's True Crime Podcast. Uh, I've got a special guest today. It's Chet Sandu. Hiya, Chet. How are you? Cool, bro. Nice one. Yeah. Thank you for having me on. Thank you for coming on, mate. I saw your I saw your podcast on uh, on James English's podcast, which is fantastic, and on Sh- uh, Sean Atwood. You've done a few with him now, um, done a couple on your own, and done one with Stevie Gillen, which uh, which, which is brilliant. So you know, yeah. good good to see you on. Good to see you doing well. Yeah. And, uh, I'm going to promote your book at the start first. Anybody wants to read? Get yeah. checks, checks life. Um, it's quite uh-huh. long, it's quite a long title, but it's a fantastic book. And it's called From <laughs> King Karachi. The Lockdown in the Costadel Crime by Chet Sandu. Uh, meet, the yeah. meet the international smuggler <laughs> who dominated Europe's worst prison. It's, it's a fantastic book, Chet. Um, and, and the one thing all I've right. learned from, from the book is that it's only about 10% of the story because all the stories you've told on these podcasts have been fantastic. Um,
1: yeah. Let okay. us,
0: before, before, before we start talking about some of those stories, just give us a little bit of idea of your background. Where, where were you born and where did you grow? up? Right.
1: Okay, background, born in Hertfordshire, Hertfordshire, uh, Hitchin. I was there till about four years old, blah, 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 to my old man, he was, he was invited to come to the country by the UK government because they wanted people to come and work, so he was given a passport, London was the base, Hitchin, yeah. anyway, and then from there, we moved to Huddersfield, West Yorkshire, that's where I went to school, uh, 15. Left at fifteen, then moved to Washington, in Weir, uh which is between Sunderland and Newcastle, and that's where we got a shop. And it was a hard graft from then. It was a hard graft from fifteen onwards. Yeah, because that was nineteen eighty four. Had to put over with a lot of shit, mate. Yeah, uh, a lot of shit. And I started working the doors. What what year? Uh, I was twenty four. Twenty four. Start with the doors, so that will be eight years on from that 84, 92. 92, 90, 92. that was the doors, yeah, yeah. And in these times, um, I started training obviously. I was training earlier, I used to go to the gym. Uh, Andy Webb's in Jasmine, Viv used to train there Viv, now great. and then, yeah, Viv, yeah. Uh, he used to train now and then, he was a monster, you know, he was the monster. Uh, he was like, at that age, I was a young boy, yeah? And when I seen someone like him, you're just like, you're just in awe of it, yeah? You're in awe of it, you know? Because uh, you've heard the name, you've heard him, you've seen what he's capable of doing. And I've seen him around um, the High Street and Biker. What's that called? The High Street and Biker. Um, Biker we're no, Biker,
0: Biker High Street, yeah, he used to get up there. there was Biker a-
1: High Street, yes, 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 yes. used to be around there, blah, 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 see a few times because I was seeing a girl from there as well, in walker. So I used to be in that area. So I used to like driving by. He was always out and about, you know. uh, But personally, I didn't have a meeting with him, you know. Personally, I didn't have a meeting with him. But I just seen him, you know, because I was a young kid at a time and he was a proper geezer, you know. So I just thought I'd keep a distance away from this guy. Yeah,
0: <laughs> that's how it goes down. Yeah. So, that's I, mean,
1: those,
0: I, I mean, those days as well, Vib was lifting a hell of a lot of weight, wasn't he? I mean, you know, you were yeah. just, you were coming, starting the doors. But I mean, you know, the, the rumors yes. of bench pressing like immense amounts of weight were, were true. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It was true. Was true. Five plates on each side. Wow. Five 20s. That is 100 kilo each side plus the bar. 220, 220 bench, and yeah. he used to, you know, <laughs> it was immense, you know, it was immense power he had, immense power. What was Plus that? he could fight as well, he could box as well, you know, he it could box, a- uh, that. he boxed at the gym at, um, I trained there as well, in Team Valley, no, uh, what was it called uh, not, there? place in Stellen Atlantis gym, he used to go to, Fallon, the- yeah, there was this gym at the bottom
0: of, uh, St. Patrick's gym, it was in an old church. Right, thing. yes. All at
1: bottom of Fallon High Street. Was it? Was Fallon High Street, not that one. But uh, there was another gym you used to go to. Uh, I'm trying to think. Teams. The Teams. The Teams Boxing Club. Yes, there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I stood there as well, yeah. Uh, that's where I used to train, And you used to go down there. And that's all I know of them really, you know. Uh,
0: what was, Andy, what was Andy Webb like? Because Andy Webb gets mentioned yeah. quite a few times in the Viv books. Andy's uh, cool, yeah. Andy's excellent. Awesome. A lot of people say he was the person who 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 made Viv the person he was. He was the one who got him to train properly. He was the one who introduced him. I
1: don't know about that, you know. I don't know about that. You trained him yourself, you know. Right. He had it in himself. He was awesome in himself, yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, okay, Andy, yeah. He was a uh, pro Bodybuilder, I think, yeah, I yeah. think it was pro. Uh, but yes, Andy, I know, but Viv was like boxer and bodybuilding. You know, it was both. So bodybuilding, okay, fair enough, yeah. But I think Viv was more concerned about the boxing. Yeah. What he was it was- about boxing element? Yeah. What was it like doing the doors back in those days? I mean,
0: my door career in Newcastle, I didn't start the doors until 1994. It was a couple of years after you and. Yeah. By that time, Viv had been shot dead, and yes. and the law had changed. the The laws were starting to change. London had started bringing in door supervisor licences, and, and Newcastle wasn't far behind. Um, you know, you, you had to have a badge then to, to you had to be registered. To, badge, there was no badges. But with you no and you, you didn't have them. So tell us a little bit about it. Was with were with were the gangsters? Were gangsters running the doors back then?
1: Uh, No, 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 no. But they did have um, weight, yeah? Yeah. They were like uh, coming in, their family members are allowed to do stuff. There were loads of people coming in a day, yeah? I can mention some names, yeah? Family names, I'll mention family names, yeah? Uh, Abadons, they used to come through. Uh, The Sayers, their family used to come through. The Conroys, most of them cool, yeah? Most of them all cool, you know? But then you get uh, certain family members who come in and use a family name, you know? They use a family name and they're just younger members. And it's taking a mess, really, yeah? Because you're not like the older members, you know? Because it's your fathers and whatever, your uncles who have done the business, not you, you know? So when they come in the boozers and throw names around, yeah? They throw names around I'm so-and-so, blah, blah, blah. We're going to come back and do this. And sometimes, yes, people have come back with a gun on the door, you know? pointing it at us. And all we've done is throw them out of the bar for being a dickhead in the boozer, you know? What you're supposed to do, because that's our job, you know? Our job is to throw people out of the boozer. If they're being a fucking idiot or being a knacker, throw them out. Uh, But you don't need somebody turning up the next day, pointing a gun at you neither, you know? What the fuck's all that about? When fucking then, back then we were on £10 an hour, 92, £10 an hour. Uh, That was okay, wages, you know, but not for like that, you know, you don't need that point in your head for doing your job. Uh, But this is what happened loads of times, loads of times. Uh, Family members, because these families are big families. Yeah, they are big families. They have a lot of people connected with them. Some might be close to them, some not, but they still use a name. You know, this is a thing. The name dropping is terrible. You know, when anybody turns up and, knocks and dr- drops a name, oh fucking up. You know, you know yourself, don't you, Steve? You know yourself, yeah. It's the, annoying. the best one it's I annoying.
0: had. The best one I had. Chat was when I worked in my last door job. I was head doorman at Tiger Tiger for for four years. Right. And a kid, a, yes. kid, came, a kid came up to me one night. Um, we knocked him back on the door. Couldn't get in. Didn't have ID. Plus, he'd had too much to drink. He looked. He looked. He was worse for wear. And anyway, we wouldn't let him in. And um he started getting Larry on the door. And uh, he says, "I'm going to yeah. go. I'm going to go and bring my mate. He's going to come down and do you in." So I, I looked at him. I went, "All right, who's your mate?" He goes, "Steve wraith And of course, well, that's me. So, so <laughs> for the next, so for the next half an hour, uh, the kid was going off. He was on the phone. He was. He was talking. Right. He's, right. going, he's really getting into it. He's coming back. He goes, "Yeah, Steve Ray's coming down." I said, "Well, I'm looking forward to meeting him." So anyway, half, half an hour passed. He's still there. We're just entertaining him. We were passing the night, having him on the door, um, and, and I couldn't, I couldn't stop laughing because he kept be like pushing his finger over and you know trying to, trying to get over the fence. And I had to let him out of his misery half an hour in. I went over and I just said, look mate, I says, uh, <laughs> do yourself a favor and go away. I said, you know, I said, because Steve Wraith is already here. He goes, where is he? Where is he? <laughs> He's standing in front of you, mate. I'm Steve Wraith. And of course, the, yeah. kid, the kid laughed. I mean, he realized the stupidity of yeah. it.
1: Yeah, 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 not, yeah, yeah. But exactly what you're saying, the name dropping I had over I there. know, but they all do it, bro. They all do it. They have a drink. They have a bit of that a bit of this or whatever they're having. And they all go very stupid, don't they? You yeah, are now it's a terrible situation. The name dropping, really, if you're dormant, uh, I wouldn't take no notice of a name. i will get i fuck. So you take a chance on that, you know? So you take a chance on that. You yeah, I'm going, fuck who you are. And, but the women are bad as well, you know, bro. Uh, the, the women connected with all these people, right? Because they seem to think They can go around and just do what they want. Bash the women in the boozer, just pull them around. Sling them by the hair, and then we try to throw them out. When we don't put your hands on me, do you know who I am? You know, or a lot as well. Mm-hmm. So, how do like you know it's hard to throw a woman out of a booze as well, you know, without looking bad? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's hard if she's fighting back because <laughs> you can't choke her, you can't choke her out. Yeah, you've got to like try and take her out sensibly, but sometimes it's hard work, very hard work. And they're worse than the men, I think, because they know they're in a position where uh, they can say things and a man ain't gonna gonna hit her. You ain't gonna hit her, yeah? Dominic gonna yeah, yeah. So they're full flow. It's full flow on their part. And a lot of the, I would say 70% of the problems I've had with these families involved have been through a woman, Mm -hmm. and it's a woman, instigated it and gone back to them and like, uh, just built it up to something that's fucking massive where really it's not, you know, it's just fucking bullshit where you're on the wrong yourself, you bashed up some bird in the boozer, you know, and we've told you to leave and that's it, you know, but they don't think, but they think because I have a name, I have a name, a family name, a gangster name, I'm entitled. No, you're not entitled, are you? You're not entitled. No way. But that's a threat that uh but that's where you got a fucking hmm. door back
0: in the nineties. When, when you worked, when you worked when you worked in Newcastle, what, what was the the situation like with drugs, recreational drugs in the bars? Was was there a lot of that going on now now in the in the noughties right. we, see, we see a lot of cocaine. <laughs> Where I worked,
1: Steve, yeah, I worked at Idols. Yeah. Idols, uh you know where Idols was, yeah? Uh towards the west end of town, yeah? Yeah. Uh, that was a rough boozer, yeah? There was eight dormant there, Monday, to Sunday, eight a night. Yeah. Because it was like all the birds got bikinis and a rough old boozer that night. That was, a, that was hard work, yeah? Uh, but it's a West End boozer and that's where they all used to land. They all used to land karaoke on a Tuesday, uh, the football nights, the Saturdays, midweek, strippers on, strippers on there's rammed, yeah. You, you know it's hard work the boozers where they're rammed with like Jesus going to match and then carry your keys and then you got all the rough West enders in. Uh for, it was like a deep pit, yeah? <laughs> it was a deep pit, but it was it was an eye opener. It taught me a lot. Taught me a lot there. Yeah about people, about how they work and their attitudes and uh it taught me as well, yeah, that really, it's not for me this, you know. It's not for me standing here to put up with all this bullshit, no. I have to m- move on to bigger things. Yeah.
0: And you definitely did move on to bigger things, uh, Chet. Yeah. Uh, let, let's yeah. fast forward a little bit to, you know, to November 1999. And, of course, this is like, t- this is the main story in your book. You were arrested at gun yeah. at Alicante yeah. Airport. For Marcia, half a million dollar transaction of black market steroids. I mean, it's the biggest haul in Spanish history. And I mean, I've seen, yeah. the, I've seen the photographs on the internet. Because um, yeah. obviously the pillies, especially in foreign countries, love to take photographs of these things. Yes, yeah. I want to do yeah. it. Well, I mean, tell, <laughs> tell us what got you into that deal in the first place. How did you get to that stage?
1: How did I get that stage? Right. Door work. Door work I was doing, yeah? Yeah. Uh, door work. Steroids I to sell dormant, yeah? Fellow yep. dormant I was working with as a dormant, blah, blah, blah. I could get them. I was doubling my money sort of thing. <laughs> I was going to Turkey, Spain, uh, Morocco, blah, blah, blah. Local shit, yeah? yeah. Bringing some small amounts back. Supplying. All good swag. All good swag. The lads were all happy, wanted more. So I right, okay, I'm going to do this on a yeah. b- bigger level. So I took it to uh, Karachi, because that was the cheapest place to buy steroids mm-hmm. from in the world. The cheapest place, yeah? They only costed me 30 pence a vial, and the street value was £4 a vial. So yeah. 30 pence is cost on 4 the street. And volume I was moving as well volume i was moving because i caught got caught with a quarter of a million tablets of that as well
0: wow
1: i was paying on that yeah uh for one thousand volume i was paying nine nine pound nine pound and what i was getting back here was a pound of tablet so a thousand pound back yeah so this is the markup yeah so i went for that you know I went for this markup because I thought it's not Class A, but it is Class A in Spain. This is the mistake I made because I took it back into Spain. It's Class C in England, but in Spain, Class A. So I didn't, I didn't get that in my fucking head. Yet, so that's my major mistake. Quarter of a million tablets of Class A. 10 years they want to give me. 10 years. Uh, they said we'll give you nine if you sign a fucking deal. Interpol were tracking me down they knew my flights there the chief narcotics officer karachi airport i paid off uh the chief of police karachi i paid off all these people paid off so everything on that part was cool but landing here that was a problem and interpol tracked me and then they caught me with a fucking they caught me with all the swag but i just took it to a certain level you know because i was doing it massive i was making about sixty on a trip six weeks six weeks and in the 90s, it's good money, though, you know? 60 grand every six weeks is all right in the 90s. <laughs> that was good money, yeah? So that's what I was fucking doing, and I all come to hell because people knew what I was doing. Uh, but that's how it started, from the dormant, you know? The dormant, they said, yes, bring it on. Give us it, give us it, give us it. We'll buy, buy, buy. And they had people to sell, sell, sell. So it just, it just rolled, you know? It just rolled.
0: Yeah. I mean, that... Yeah. Is- That that arrest in 1999, Chet. I mean, it's 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 big. It's big stuff. And I mean, as I say, still, still to this day, the largest haul of black market steroids in Spanish history. Yeah. Uh, What you know? What was going through your mind? You know, when those armed police had their guns on you and you were arrested.
1: Right. Uh, I just thought, right. I knew it was going to happen. Yeah. I knew it was going to happen. It's one of them. Yeah. I'm just like waiting. And then when they were there, I just thought, fuck. Okay. Let's go in it. Okay. Let's go. I knew it, you know, I just knew it. I was expecting it because I was like high and drunk as well, most of the time as well, back then, yeah. Uh the money I was making, I was making deals, situations, doing shit, not really thinking about stuff. And uh it's just that part of life, yeah, you know, when you're not really thinking about shit, narcotics, rule your head, and you're not sensible, you're not sensible at all, and you make rash movements, fucked up movements, and that's what got me in that position, yes, fucked up. Yeah, you were
0: basically put into, you know, one of the, the strictest, toughest prisons, um, incarcerated alongside murderers. Rapists, terrorists, and I think it was the top security wing, one of Europe's most infamous prisons, uh, Fonsalent, I think it's called. Um, what you know? What, what was the prison like? Tell us a little bit about that.
1: Oh yeah, right, okay, uh, right. From the arrest. Uh, we were held for three days in these holding cells. We got nicked on the Friday. Nicked on the Friday. So we were held in holding cells until the Monday because there's no court to open blah, blah, blah till Monday. These holding cells are fucking shit. It's just like fucking bars, like a cage. Yeah. There's bars, next fucking cell, bars, bars, bars. You shit and fucking piss in a fucking pot at the bottom. Uh, so that was bollocks. And then I went to Bonker Lent. Katty, uh, they sent me. Cause uh, the seizure I had, they thought I had money in Spain. They thought he's obviously got a yacht, house, land, blah, blah, blah. He's got money here. So we want to take it off him. So they cat aid me and the two mules I had with me, they went to the Norwings. And uh but that jail, yeah, a third, a third of the jail had AIDS through sharing needles. It's a fucking well. What a cesspit. It was disgusting place. It doesn't matter if you're hard in a jail like that. Yeah, if you've got AIDS and you're gonna fucking, and you're gonna stick somebody and your blood's got AIDS in it. That's the most dangerous thing in the world, you know? Yeah. You don't want that near you. But this is what I deal with, you know? I'd rather deal with fighting guys and fighting just kids ridden with fucking AIDS. Who want to have a go at you and those good big sentences 40 years, 50 years, 60 years. They've got AIDS. They're going to die in jail. And... What the fuck, you know? I thought it was game over on my part, Mike. I thought it was game over. Uh, I had a few fights there. Uh, My hands got cut. I had scars on my hands. Their blood and my blood. I thought I had AIDS, you know? I thought I'm fucking fucked as well. And This is a period I went through. But... uh,
0: Tell us in about, year, tell us about you, go into a, you go into a
1: jail in England, and, and yeah.
0: whether it's to, you know... No, it's no, safety.
1: You have safety, yeah. yeah. yeah you have, but there you don't. Yeah, They have no welfare system in Spain. There's no welfare system. What was your mentality? You don't like get money, you don't get no benefits, you don't get nothing like that. You go to jail. You have to work. You have to graft in Spain. So that's why there's, there's the gypsies and this and that, and they're on smack and heroin to get a sentence. And in Spain, the sentence is like this, yeah? The sentence is like this, Burglary. Okay. In England, if you do five burglaries, yeah? Uh, you'll, okay, you'll get two-year, one-year, two-year, one-year, two-year, one-year. But they run concurrent, so you do two-year. In Spain, everything consec. So there's people doing 25-year for burglary. Yeah, 25-year for burglary, you know? And all they've nicked is about, 500 pounds worth of stuff and do 25 years for it. So they're just sharing needles. They're just fucking jacking up, fucking each other. And they've all got AIDS. So if they just, they're fucked. Fuck, game over. What was the worst violence you saw inside there, Chet? Yes, the worst violence was there was this story, yeah? Uh, Carlos, he was called, yeah? He was there, burglary. Burglary charges, yeah. I think he only did. I think he. Uh, I think he was doing about four, four to five year, four to five year. But he's only a little kid, yeah. About uh, five foot six. Um, but now he's got AIDS. He's all fucked up, yeah. But he's only a little kid. Went in for burglary, but he was a main dealer on our wing. He was a main dealer on our wing, yeah, because he killed somebody uh, for doing a smack deal. So he killed this guy. And he killed another guy so now cat a. he's got it he's cutting don't give a fuck his brother comes to visit him gives him the heroin he sells the heroin on the wing and he and he's a head honcho on the wing nobody else sells apart from him so that's how we run it and if anybody else did he'll kill him so what happened with him this fucking kid come over from this other wing because our wing was a punishment wing as well a punishment wing so if you do something wrong another wing, they would send you to ours for 30 days as punishment. So this guy, he come over. Anyway, he was a fucking weak piece of shit. And uh, he knew Carlo was a heroin dealer, so he grasped him. He grasped him. He knew his stash. I think he bought some of him. And then he grasped him, hoied him in, threw him in. Carlo did, I think he did 30 days down the hole. But when he come back out, this geezer was still on the wing because he was there for two months. And, uh, Everyone was expecting a move by Carlo. They're saying, okay, he's not moving to move anymore. He's not really to move. And uh, nothing happened. Visits. Every Saturday, visits you get here yeah, with like, uh, it's like in the American jails. There's a glass and you pick up the phone. Somebody else on the phone on the other side, the family members, finally on the other side, you go in this side. So uh, leaving our wing, you all get metal Detector, yeah, scant, bush, bush, bush. He was clean. Went through, went through. Uh, there were six cubicles from our wing, Kae, and his family members. They come on the other side. So the grasses members, they come in here. Yeah? Uh, his mom, his sister, and his niece. And Carlo, my man, his brother, came to see him on the same day. So what happened? Carlo put a shank up his ass. Put a shank up his ass, yeah? Because his ass now is free and ready, you know? Because in jail, it's an extra pocket, your ass, you know? That's where you stick everything in, yeah? Drugs, tools, weapons. It all goes up your ass. Anyway, he stuck this up his ass. Metal detector, don't show. So he went round. They filed in. The family members were already filed in. So... Carlo filed in and bam, yeah. He went into his section, his brother pulled the shank out of his ass, pulled it out of his ass. And then he went into the grasser section who grassed him, his mom, his sister and his niece were there and he stabbed him 11 times in the neck and body in front of his mother. And then afterwards, then he got took down the hole again two months 60 days again and then uh, he come back out and then he says and then I said to him hey yeah because he's okay with me all the time yeah and I said what the fuck yeah he said I wanted to kill him in front of his mother he went I wanted to show everybody who I am here fuck with me and that's what I do that's terrible and his niece wow I, you know, I, I didn't want what to think about that one, you know? I just thought, oh, fuck you know, fuck's sake, oh. fuck's sake. Yeah, it's like three generations there, uh, the mother, the sister, and the niece. Wow.
0: Oh, unbelievable.
1: You know what it is? The brutality is amazing, you know? What people show to each other.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? It's amazing. How did it's you, amazing.
0: how did you get through mentally, uh, going through?
1: It was, that was hard work, man. That was, that was, that was hard work, Steve. Uh, oh, fuck not. Committing suicide. Okay, I thought of that, yeah? Yeah. But you don't go through with it, you know? You think about it, but you don't go through with it, you know? You think it, but you don't go through. Uh, I thought I'm going to die here. Yeah? I thought, obviously I've got AIDS, I've had fights with these geezers. I'm looking at 10, ten stretch here. Uh, my wife left me. Divorce papers came through in jail as well. She was from Walker. Uh, no, not Walker, sorry. Hartlepool. Hartlepool. Divorce papers came through. Um, fucking the cops took 100 grand off me. I just thought I lost everything in the world, you know? 10 stretch, it's everything. I was fucked. And plus, I was taking heroin down as well. And I start. That really? made it worse. And that, that made it worse. Because I wanted an escape, you know. I wanted an escape because they all in the smack there as well. Yeah. But they inject. But I say, I'm not going to inject. I smoke it, you know. I'm yeah. not sharing needles, yeah. So I thought I'd smoke it. So I smoked it. And it does give you an escape, you know. Yeah. You are over there for a few hours, yeah. Uh, it's fucking sad though, you know. It's a horrible fucking world, mate. Horrible world.
0: Yeah. yeah, Horrible. Yeah. A lot of people do tend to turn to drugs, don't
1: they, when they're inside. Some people haven't even. Yes, yeah, it's, it's to escape from what's fucking in front of you, what is happening in reality here, where yeah. we are. Yeah. Yeah. But then realize that, and, you know, you need to think about the fucking crime. Don't do it, you know? Don't do it. Because I never thought of that, you know? That yeah. was going to happen to me. Yeah, I never thought of that. I never in the world thought of that. But that's what went down. For. Did you, did you lose weight? Yes. I went from 16 and a half stone to 12 stone in wow. three months. Yeah. Wow. I was fucking fucked up, man. Yeah. I just looked at myself and I was a baghead. I was a fucking smackhead. I was like, what the fuck am I? You know? Saw myself out. I saw my life out. Otherwise, yeah. I'm going to be like the rest of the zombies in there, you know? I'm going to be having AIDS and i would kill somebody and I get another 30. You're top of my sentence. Yeah, I'm fucked fucked. Yeah. Yeah,
0: it's fucking dangerous. When you came out, Chet, what was your mindset? Was your mindset to walk away from that life, or was it to get back on the, get back on the ground? Right.
1: On that, okay. I'll tell you the truth, yeah? Uh, I'll tell you what happened on this one. My mindset, when I left there, 10 years they wanted to give me, but I bribed the judge, six grand, to get Four and a half years, because I knew this was a lawyer there, I had links there now. I was there for time, and when I came out, I thought I was invincible. i fucked up. And I started working with a firm in Gateshead, a uh, well-known firm, and we all did time after that as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, that was for to Supply Class A, that was mine, uh, controlling prostitution, blackmail, and extortion. Uh, but that was with a firm. I think you probably know about that. But, but I don't want to mention all these guys, you know. Yeah, yeah. They're probably leading their lives now. You know, they're, they're probably like straight now. So yeah. I don't want to stick that in the pot yet. I don't stick that the
0: pot. No, that's fair. No, that's fair enough. And that, I, you know, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so tell us how you turned your life around, and 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 how you know how how you managed to walk away from that nice like, chat, Because you know you you've been through the mill. You know, you live. You yeah. live right? You've all. You've always lived a hard and fast life. I mean, if anybody knows yeah. your name, they just need to look at some of the photographs with, uh, you know, the, some of the places you've been and some of the people you're with. It's, uh, <laughs> yes, I. Know. I like to do all that shit. Yeah. Yeah. It's all
1: good fun. Yeah. It's still how good. Did, fun. It's been you good fun. How did you turn it? I like. I help orphanages as well. Uh, Southeast Asia children that are born with AIDS and Because that's close to me now. You know. Of course. Because I felt that there. Yeah, yeah. So I felt that there in jail. uh, But children are born with that, you know? And then when children are born with that, they're just like giving away. I don't want that child. It's got AIDS. So I help these kids out. Yeah. So it's like, it's just like an accumulation of events, you know? Looking after people in jail and this and understanding where I've gone wrong and what I've fucked up on. Just getting all right in my head. Yeah. And putting it all in order. Putting it all in order, yeah. Cause before it's not in order, I was on drugs all the time, I was being fucked up, making money. And you think you're a gangster, you're fucking just going do douche, douche douche you don't give a fuck about anything. You don't even think, you know, you don't think about things. And uh but now it's all in order, it's all in place, and I thought, right, no more jail. Seven years I've served, and that's enough, you know. That's like, Well, it's enough. It's enough for anybody. Yeah. Taught me a lesson. Taught me a lesson. Yes.
0: Yes. How did the book come
1: about? The book was just Facebook stories, yeah. Yeah. Facebook stories are stuck on, yeah. That's just like a short book. It's only uh twenty-five thousand words. <coughs> uh that was a short book, but that was like it it's just like a fast read. It's just like how I talk. And it's about my how I did the drugs in Pakistan, Karachi. Uh, the events of me doing it and getting nicked and my jail sentence, getting out at the end of it. You know, it's like a, it's a three to four hour read, but it's okay. But now, at the minute, I'm writing my second novel. Right? My second. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm about 30,000 words through. It'll be about 100,000 words.
0: Fantastic. I should have it
1: finished by the end of the year, yeah. We finished by the end of the year.
0: Great, great stuff. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, what, what are you doing day-to-day? Are you busy
1: you just writing? Or you, day-to-day, just... CBD, my company. Yeah. Alpha CBD, yeah. Uh, cannabis oil. Wow. I sell that, and it's helping a lot of people. Cancer sufferers, people with everything. Deficiency, any deficiency, but I've got people taking it. Fighters, I'm sponsoring MMA guys. They say they can kick harder, kick higher, train longer, blah, blah, blah. It just helps with everything. Arthritis, Uh, eczema skin, any anything you have wrong with you because our body had a cannibalized system built in, it doesn't have an ibuprofen system. So, when you take tablets, they will have a okay, they will work, but they do have after effects, yeah, because our system is not built for these tablets. But, cannibalized system, our bodies are built for this. So, when you put it in the system, anything that's wrong with you it sorts it out it heals it it heals it it's excellent
0: how do people uh, how do people find out about that can is there a webs is there a web yes, website?
1: yes um, I'll send you a link it's w uh,
0: alpha cbd.eu. okay alpha so yes. gonna, yeah that's good what i'll do I is can send you the link as well yeah
1: cbd.eu
0: cbd.eu we'll stick that in the uh, in nice one
1: yeah. excellent link. Thank you
0: and of course anybody wants to get a copy of your book it is
1: available <laughs> on Amazon Um. Yeah. yeah yeah if they want a signed one send me a message on Messenger
0: on yeah. Facebook
1: Messenger and then I can get that organised for you
0: fantastic listen be an absolute pleasure speaking to you Chet and uh, nice, look, look you to once we get through all this Covid we might be able to get a get a night out I've got yes a yes, yes let's I've get a head to I've got, got to with you James English and Sean Atwood organised I'm a good organiser we'll get it right. all of us yeah all of us take care mate Respect, bro. bye bye